Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. You know, when God first put this particular word into my heart, it was quite a while ago. It was several weeks or maybe even a couple of months, but it was before the panic that the world is going through at the moment hit us. So you might think, well, why are you going to be speaking this morning in our circumstances that the world is in on the subject of joy in the Lord? Because a lot of people aren't feeling too joyful at the moment, and we can understand why if they don't know who God is and they don't have him in their lives. You know, the psalmist wrote this. He said, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. And that's what we're going to just share about for a few moments this morning, being filled with joy in the presence of God. You know, I really have a problem with miserable Christians. I don't understand miserable Christians. Because how can you be miserable if you know God, if you know that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit is part of your life? You know, of course, there will always be people who are going through genuinely difficult times. And you can understand some of those, those feelings, those emotions. And we're not expected to walk around with silly grins on our faces if we're Christians. But we are expected to recognise the presence of God in our lives and to demonstrate that in the way we live and the things we, we do and say. And in this particular time of crisis, this is an ideal opportunity for Christians to come out of their shells and let the world see what it means to know the presence of God in our lives and to be able to rejoice in that even though the things around us we can do nothing about We have to go through the same suffering and misunderstanding as everybody else, but we do it with the presence of God and we know then that there is victory in that and we can live in joy. You know, it's not just that we, those who seem to have God, seem to have joy in their lives. And those are the ones who I I get concerned about, that they seem to have the presence of God, but there is no joy that demonstrates that. Because this scripture, the scripture that I read at the start there from the psalm, um, that was just one. So many in in, in the Bible which talk of joy. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength, Nehemiah wrote. Don't sorry, don't, don't let this crisis get on top of you. Just rejoice in the presence of God and in the fact that he knows what he's doing. I don't know what I'm doing. If I listen to the news, I get so many things I should be doing or shouldn't be doing. We're totally confused by what we're hearing on the television, we read in the media. Everybody's got a different opinion. Are they all right? No. Are they all wrong? No. But they still confuse me. Because um, I don't know, but you know, there are so many things. But joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And that's when we know Jesus personally, the Spirit dwells within us, the Scripture tells us. 
Now I'm going to just for a few minutes I will talk about my favourite character in the Bible and as you get to know me you'll find that I probably talk about him quite a lot Um, and that's King David. I really, I just love reading about David. Um, He was such a, well, he was like me. I wish I was more like him, but he was like me because he got things wrong. You know, he got so many things wrong and, and yet he carried on doing what he was doing and God said of him that I have found a man after my own heart. Wow. Wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like to hear that testimony from God himself who will say that about you? I would love to hear that. But however, it didn't matter how many times David failed, and boy, did he fail. Really, big time David failed. But God could still say that about him. And she could understand then why David wrote so much about having the joy of the presence of God in his life because he had a relationship with God that was very real and very solid and it didn't matter how wrong David got it, God still loved him and God was still able to say what he did. Now we've heard a lot about David here in in recent months and so I'm not going to go into all the things that we've heard again. Um, You know, I'll I'll begin to sound like a a television programme and you just get repeat after repeat after repeat if we keep talking about the same things. But if if you've never really studied the life of David, do so. I can remember the very first Sunday school prize I received when I was, I don't know, eight, nine, something like that. I can still see the front cover of that book and it was David firing his sling at Goliath and I think the book was called Heroes of the Bible or something like that and I can still picture, I have no idea where that book is now but I can still see it and I think my love for David must have begun like so many um, children when they read those stories, some of the heroes of scripture and David was the one who stands out for me. You know, he was David, David was just like us, but the presence of joy was in his heart, the presence of God was in his heart, and he, and he was filled with joy, joy, not joy, um, because he says, the scripture says, where God dwells, there is joy. There's another, um, one of David's songs, which I just want to read a couple of verses from, and it's not from Psalms. The Psalms are full of David's songs, but there are other places in Scripture where we find things that David had written. This is from 1 Chronicles 16. I just want to read a couple of verses from there, verses 8 and 9, where it says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. David wrote that at the time that the ark was returned to Jerusalem. And David had been through pretty rough times up until that point. And he'd he'd got it wrong a number of times. And yet he could still write a song of praise because he knew that the presence of God 
was with him and he carried it back into the city of Jerusalem. And there's a verse, just one verse in there, which stands out for me. That this, this song, is, it's full of praise, it's full of um, rejoicing, of jubilation. But there's a one verse which says, Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy is his dwelling place. When I think about finding joy in the dwelling place of God, my mind goes back just a few years uh, to a lady that we knew, Sue and I knew, who was part of the church that we were in at that particular time. This lady was um, full of joy. She was also full of cancer. When, she, when we first met her, she'd had cancer for about three years. As we got to know her, she never once complained, never complained about her situation. She loved God, and despite what was happening to her body, she was filled with the joy of the presence of God. You know, Sue and I were, just a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, uh, Sue and I were due to go on holiday. We were going to Crete, which is one of our favourite holiday destinations. And we were due to fly on a Sunday afternoon. That same Sunday in the morning, before we went off to, to the airport, I had the great privilege of baptising that lady. Now, the baptisms that you witnessed this evening, that we witnessed at Toddington Baptist Church, will follow the normal sort of process of what we do when we baptise people. It's a picture of somebody whose life has changed. And we first of all lower them into the water and they're completely covered by the water. And it's a picture of burial, of the fact that their life is dead to the sin that was once there. And they're buried in that picture of the grave. And then they, we lift them out again as a sign of the resurrection into new life. They are new people. They are a new creation. Now, this lady was too weak for us to go through that process. We couldn't, we couldn't put her into the baptistry. She would just wouldn't have been able to, to handle it. So we had to think of a, a way to fulfill her wish. And her wish was to be obedient to what Jesus had asked, to demonstrate the fact that we were new people, we were new creations. Our old life had been buried and we'd been raised into something new. We couldn't do that for her. But she was so desperate to be baptised. So we... We, dream, we, we created our own format, and I wouldn't suggest we do this all every time, but for that particular lady, at that moment, we sat her on a chair and we poured the water over her. Symbolic of the water just taking her into the grave. We then lifted her up from the chair as a sign of her resurrection into a new life. And then we anointed her and prayed the Holy Spirit to fill her. And as that happened, I could see the tears of joy running down her cheeks. It was the most wonderful moment. 
I always get very emotional at this point because she, to me, was a real picture of what it means to be filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. However weak I may feel, however weak and hopeless my body may be, when the Holy Spirit comes into it, it is totally changed and we can know the joy of the presence of God. You know, for her, the acknowledgement of who Jesus was and who he is to, <clears throat> excuse me, to her was sufficient for us to call that her baptism. She just had to acknowledge her Lord. Later that day, Sue and I flew off and we returned one week later and she had, she had deteriorated so much in that week. And in the following couple of days, she was later, she was very soon admitted to the hospice in Luton, to Keach Hospice. And just shortly after that, that, as I sat with her at her bedside, the Lord took her. She was finally at peace. And the joy on her face, the expression was so wonderful. You can see its effect on me after all those years. When she first came to us in the church, she'd been suffering for three years and was in constant pain. But as I said, she, oh, thank you, you're back again. I needed these once this morning. Now I'll keep them, some, I'll keep them handy. Thank you. Um, yeah, she, she, never, she never complained. She was just full of the joy of the Lord. Um, I was recently looking through some messages that she had sent me at the time, just in, in the last few weeks of her life. And one of them was, um, at the time, there was a terrible earthquake in Nepal. And she contacted me in, to ask me if there was anything she could do about it. Um, but if, if not, she wanted me to encourage the church to pray and find ways of helping those people because that's who she was. That was the work of the Holy Spirit in her that whatever my suffering is, there are people who have an even greater need and so I want to be able to do something about it to help. And that's why I get upset when I see miserable Christians, because there are so many who complain of, you know, they've got a headache and they've got a toothache and they want everything to stop. And of course, we all cherish prayer. We all love to, for people to pray and it's such a blessing to us when people can pray for us if we have a, 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 an illness, an infection or whatever it might be and, and that goes, God takes it away. But sometimes, there are, there are people, Christians, sadly, who make too much of that. And um, that's when I get a little bit upset that there are people, Christians, who don't really know what it is to really suffer and yet still complain. The victory for those who go through suffering is found in another psalm, Psalm 30 and it's verse 5, and it says, Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy in the face of loss 
is not unattainable. We can still find joy in whatever our circumstances. We just need the faith that that lady had and who wanted to be baptized. And when we look at Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to be in our lives, we can overcome those periods of deepest grief, deepest suffering. Joy in the presence of the Lord is what we need. We all need. We all need to have that touch of the Holy Spirit to come and fill us and enable us to experience joy, whatever our circumstances. It was what enabled this lady to get through her pain. She spent quite a lot of time on her own. Um, She was married. She had a young son. But they were at work or at school And I believe it was in those times, in those times of loneliness when she was just in the presence of God and the Holy Spirit was ministering to her that she found real peace in that presence. You know, David, as a young shepherd boy, spent a lot of time on his own out in the fields looking after his father's sheep. And it was in those times that he knew the presence of God. It was very often in those times that he he wrote many of these famous songs, fabulous songs, where he wrote poetry about the peace, the majesty, the awesomeness of God, and the joy of living in his presence, all of which David knew personally. Times alone with God are precious and should never be wasted. Sarah has suggested maybe if in the next few weeks we're told we've got to stay home, we can't go out, we can't come to church, then's the time. Pick up your Bible. Start reading the Psalms. Start reading about David. Start reading about some of these wonderful people that the Scriptures, whose lives are recorded there, and see what you can learn about God and the presence of God in your life as you look at your Bible. These are precious times. For the people of Israel, the presence of God for many hundreds of years was manifested through the Ark of the Covenant. That was where the law was kept, and the law was what they lived by. So as they moved from place to place for 40-odd years through the wilderness, they carried the presence of God with them in that ark. It was the central place of worship as the people moved. And for them, it was the tabernacle, which was, if you don't know what the tabernacle was, it was a sort of portable church. And they carried it around with them. And it was where they worshipped. And it was where the ark was placed. But King Saul, who was the one before David, had really neglected the ark and they... Many things were neglected by, by Saul and that was one of the, the most important things, if not the most important thing that the, the people had which they carried around with them. The Ark of the Covenant. It was the place where the, ta- the tablets containing the law were stored and it represented the divine presence of God with his people. David wrote that, that the Ark was the presence for the people. But when David came to the throne, the ark wasn't there. It had been stolen by the Philistines. 
the presence of God was no longer with the people. So David knew that he had to do something about that. So he determined to bring back the ark to Jerusalem. When David had been commissioned, um, when, sorry, when God had commissioned Moses to build the ark, he gave him very explicit instructions as to how the ark should be treated, how it should be carried, how it should be moved, who should do that. You can read all that in, in the book of Exodus and Deuteronomy and you'll get full accounts of the ark's return. And this, make this a, something for your study over the next few weeks if you're stuck indoors. Read the books of Chronicles and Samuel. You'll find all about the ark and what it meant to the people and how it was treated. However, if you want to look at the walk through, well, we went through the walk and through the Old Testament a few weeks ago, didn't we? So there was lots of, lots of material in there. If you've still got the notes from that, go home and read them and find out what, what the ark was about and what the people were about. So just go and read that for yourselves. But in the account that we read in Chronicles, there's just one line in that account that I just want to draw our attention to for a moment. David begins, when he decides he's going to bring the ark back to Jerusalem, the first thing he does is get lots of important people, the leaders and the priests and so on, he gets them together to discuss a plan. What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And the people agreed with him, and we're told they did so because it seemed right to the people. That's the line that bothers me a great deal, that it seemed right to the people. How often do we do things because they seem right? And it can sometimes be a particularly tough one for church leaders. I know I've been there. So I know what it can be like for these guys here when they have a decision to make and they hear from God and they're going to go with that decision. But some elements in the church don't agree with them because what they're thinking about is that this seems right. This seems the right way to go. But the, your leaders have been told by God, this is the way I want you to go. Stick to it. You know, I can speak from, from experience in, about this, of a situation that I and my, the leaders that I worked with were in, and we had a decision to make, and we heard a very clear direction from God as to that which way we should go. But sadly, there were those in the church who didn't agree. And it came to a point where a number of them left because the leader said, sorry, but this is what God has told us and this is what we will do. And so it created division. And that's why I get concerned when I read that it seemed right to the people. God has given to the Com Church a leadership team who are men and women of integrity and of great faith. And when they hear from God and they tell us what they've heard from God, I believe we have no, no other obligation than to hear 
what they are saying and to go with, go with it. Now, I'm not suggesting, I, I don't know what's going on amongst our leaders at the moment. I know they've got a lot of decisions to make at the moment simply because of the circumstances in which we're, we're all living. We might not agree with everything they come up with, but if they've heard it from God, then let's make sure that we're listening to what they say. When, when we were in, when we, I was in that situation, we, we determined as a leadership team that we were going to go with what God had said. And we did. And everything got sorted. It turned out to be a blessing for the church. The church grew as a result of it. And we began to move into different areas of ministry. And we saw the power of the presence of God working among everybody because we listened to what God had said to the leadership. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to be our guide. That's the only real answer we have. Sadly, David went along with the people, a number of the people on this occasion, and he became unstuck because of it. And you can read that story in 1 Chronicles um, chapter 14 and 15. When David eventually got it right and brought, it back, brought back the ark, he was filled with the joy of the Lord, we read. The presence of God was once again with the people and the joy overflowed. And David danced in the presence of the, of the Lord. So why do I have gloomy Christians? Why do, why, why do I have a problem with gloomy Christians? Well, because today we don't need a man-made ark to have the presence of God. We are the ark. The Holy Spirit dwells within us when we accept it and we become that ark that carries the presence of God wherever we go, when we step into any situation, into any circumstance, we take the ark of God with us because we walk it in and Jesus is there before us and the Holy Spirit is at work before us because we are carrying that same Holy Spirit who is the presence of God. And so whatever we do, wherever we go, we will take him with us. And David wrote, no, sorry, Paul, this was Paul, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16 don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Forget the Ark of the Covenant. You today, I today, we are the Ark which carries God's Holy Spirit. Wherever the Ark was, there was the presence of God which brought blessing to the people. Although David stumbled on many occasions, he eventually got it right and he was blessed not just he was blessed, but the nation was blessed because their king, the leader, God's anointed one, carried the presence of God into every situation. You know, I, I, I just finished by coming back to my friend, that lady who we baptised, who got me started on this route, when even in her moments of greatest pain, as I looked at her face as we baptised her, there was joy on her face. Even her diseased and broken body 
was a temple of the Holy Spirit. She carried him wherever she went. Perhaps the worship team would like to come back now just as we finish. We begin to think, close things there, is that they're still, having listened to that, I wonder if you're asking yourself certain questions. Do I really know what it is for the joy of the Holy Spirit to live in me, to carry his presence into every circumstance and situation that I, I enter in life. If I do, is it evident to others? Do people see the joy of the Lord in my life? Or do they have to search for it? Maybe you should ask yourselves that question. Maybe you don't even know really who the Holy Spirit is. Maybe he's never become a part of your life. Maybe you've never asked him to be a part of the life, of your life. If you were here last week, Julian gave us all an opportunity to come for prayer. If there were things that we felt were lacking, if we didn't really know who Holy Spirit was, if we had never been anointed with his presence, maybe we'd never even ask Jesus to be a part of our lives. You know, so often, particularly in, in a church which is quite large and there are lots of people here and so many of you, Sue and I have only been with you for, for a short time, a comparatively short time. There are so few of you who I really know. So I don't know much about your, your personal lives but, you know, we can sometimes assume that because people come to church every week they, that they know Jesus. That's not always the case. You know, you could be sitting there and you could just be lost in the crowd. You know, when Julian made that appeal last week, I knew, I stood back there in, my, in the row, wherever I was, three or four rows back. I stood there for a long time, but I knew all along I should be responding to this appeal. But I didn't. I just stood there because... For all the reasons that we have, I, you know, I might be embarrassed. Um, people think this about me and I'm just going to prove that's not true. All the thoughts that go in these circumstances. But in the end, I thought, no, I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased that Julian didn't give up. He kept on calling us forward. And in the end, I thought, I've got to go for prayer. And I came forward for prayer. And maybe you're in that same position right now. Do you have the joy of the presence of God in your life or is it just something you think you have and you're trying your best to live up to him but it's not through the power of the Holy Spirit that you're doing so? Or do you really need to come and invite Jesus to be a part of your life because you've never done that? Not really. You want to invite him to be your saviour. We won't assume that we all know who he is. But if any of these things for you are true, I've asked Julian, would, could we repeat what we did last week? Maybe if you're, you're sitting there and you're one like, who, like me last week, just stood where I was, knowing that with this going on in my mind, that I really should re respond to this. I'm pleased, so pleased that you can have another opportunity to do that now.
So if you, you know, if there's anything that you need to know God to be involved in your life, if you want to be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit because you've never really done that before, if you've never really met with Jesus before, please come now and allow the leadership here to pray with you and to take you on to the next step in your life. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.